0: Good morning. It's good to see everyone this morning. We're a little bit spread out, but we're all one anyway. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Just before I I start, can we just pray? Uh, Father, we thank you for today. We um, thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is alive and active and um, will speak to each and every one of us today. We just pray, Lord, for your revelation pray, Lord God, that you um, give us uh, understanding of your word, Lord God, and speak to each and every one of us of what um, we want to hear today. So we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how many of you knows what um, that story about, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen that, the huge bag of worries? Have you seen that uh, book? No, you haven't seen anyone? Have not seen that one before? Oh. There you go. And I know about it. Um, I was going to explain it to you, but I think it's good if um, you guys can watch the video. It's about four minutes long. Um, it's not that long, but um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go from that.
1: The Huge Bag of Worries by Virginia Ironside Jenny had always been happy. She had a lovely mum and dad, a great brother, well, most of the time. She had a best friend at school and she liked her teacher. And then, of course, there was Loftus. But recently she had been getting gloomier and gloomier. It wasn't just one thing, it was everything. She was worried that she was getting too fat, that Loftus had fleas, and that her best friend was going away. She worried that she was getting bad marks at school, and she thought she heard someone whispering about her in the playground. She worried when her mum and dad had an argument. She even worried about wars and bombs until one day she woke to find a huge bag of worries. The bag followed her everywhere, to school, to swimming, to the toilet, and it stuck by her even when she was watching TV. She tried ignoring it, but it didn't work. She tried throwing it away, but it always came back. She tried to lock it out, but when she got back to her bedroom, there it was, waiting for her. It was like a horrible shadow she couldn't get rid of. What could she do? She asked her brother for help, but he was busy with his computer game, and all he said was, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any worries. After that, she didn't feel like asking anyone else. She knew she'd only feel stupid. Mum would probably say, You've got no worries that I can see. You're a lucky girl. You've got your health, your friends, your family. What more do you want? So she decided not to tell her. Dad might know what to do, but then she thought again. No, Dad had enough worries of his own. She couldn't ask him. Every day things got worse. The bag got bigger and bigger and bigger. She couldn't sleep because it kept tossing and turning beside her all night. To make matters worse, the bag dragged around her feet so much when she was walking to school that she was late and the teacher was cross. Jenny couldn't tell her what had happened, and anyway, she knew what she would say. You've got too many worries. In future, leave that bag at home. When Jenny told her best friend about the bag, she suggested that Jenny lock it up in a cupboard and try not to think about it. That's what I do, she said. But it just didn't work. Even Loftus couldn't help. He tried his best and barked like mad, but the bag stood its ground. One morning, Jenny woke up, got dressed, and walked down the road. She had had enough. The tears started rolling down her cheeks. She sat on a garden wall and put her head in her hands. She thought she'd have to live with the bag forever. Then she heard a voice and, looking up, she saw the kindly face of the old lady who lived next door. "'Goodness,' said the old lady, "'what on earth is that huge bag of worries?' Through her tears, Jenny explained how it had followed her for weeks and got bigger and bigger and just wouldn't go away. "'Now, let's just open it up and see what's inside,' said the old lady. But Jenny said she couldn't. If she opened the bag, the worries might jump out, and who knew what might happen?' "'Nonsense,' said the old lady firmly. "'There's nothing a worry hates more than being seen. "'If you have any worries, however small, The secret is to let them out slowly, one by one, and show them to someone else. They'll soon go away. So Jenny opened the bag. The old lady sorted the worries into groups. Jenny was astonished to see how small they looked when they were out in the open. Half the worries disappeared because lots of worries just hate the light of day. As for the rest, the old lady put some in her shopping basket to deal with herself. Some she sent packing because she said they belonged to other people. Some she just blew a kiss to. And some she said were worries that everyone had, even Jenny's family, her friends and her teacher. And as for the bag, the end.
0: I'm going to speak to you guys about worry this morning. Our text this morning is found in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. But before I read that, the title I'm going to give this message is Why Worry When You Can Pray? I'm pretty sure that most of you are very familiar with this scripture. And some of you probably memorize this scripture. And um, before I start, I want to make sure I'm talking to the right people here. Okay? How many of you deal with anxiety and worry? Come on, raise your hand. Most of us, yep. And how many of you don't? Oh come on, you don't have any issues? Like you're just always calm? Because if you don't, I think you're a liar. Or or maybe you're you're mentally disturbed or I don't know what you are, but you're not normal for sure. Well, imagine never being anxious about anything. It seems like an impossibility, right? So, at some point in life, we all have worries, and I'm I'm, I'm actually pretty good at it. Um, I worry, but not not to the extent that I, I panic or I, you know, just don't know what to do. I'm, I don't know. I'm just not like that. And. um and they come in different forms and size, right? Worries, they're small, smaller, big, bigger, or even bigger or larger. We all have worry in our job, in our homes, or at school. So everyone worries. Do you agree with me with that? <laughs> Some of us worry more than others. Now, there's a report shows that an estimated 636,000 Adults it's about seventy percent, seventeen percent of people living in the New Zealand in New Zealand have been diagnosed with a mood disorder and anxiety disorder at some time in their lives. So that's including depression, bipolar disorder, or anxiety disorder. So that means that approximately two million people experience worry that impacts their le- daily lives and relationships in a profound ways. And worry can affect our health, our relationship with others, and our family, friends, workmates, or the people around us in the way we think towards others and ourselves. So I want to talk to you today about one of the greatest struggles, and that is anxiety. You know that anxiety is a thief? It steals your thoughts. It steals your peace, it steals your confidence, and it steals your joy. I heard of a story of a woman who is worried that her home will be broken into a burglar. So for so many years, this woman couldn't sleep because she worried that that might happen one day. It was a thought that plagued her thinking for a long time. So day after day, week after week, month after month, and for a number of years, she had this plaguing thought. Well, one evening, she and her husband both heard a noise downstairs. So her husband got up and went downstairs to find out what the noise was. And it was? Can you guess? It's a burglar. (laughs) So the husband saw the burglar and said to him, Could you come upstairs and meet my wife? She's been waiting 10 years to meet you. (laughs) So the point is, it's very simple. A burglar can steal from you once, but the burglar of anxiety can steal from you for decades, right? So why, why, why do we worry? Why do we have to worry and what's the reason why we worry? You know, the other night, it took me um, a while to fall asleep because I have been thinking and thinking through you know, what's the reason why we have to worry. Well, there are a number of reasons why we worry right and it's based on our circumstances experiences expectations upbringing and perhaps the way we live in whatever situation that we are in there's probably a lot of other reasons that makes us worry so much about but what concerns us what stresses us out you know we we put filters on our tap we put air ionizers in our home hiv or i mean hrv we we lather ourselves (laughs) With antibacterial soap, and we get worried about COVID 19. At the same time, 20% of adults smoke, 20% of drivers don't wear their seatbelts, and 75% of those who own mobile devices text while driving. It's terrible, eh? I think I, I'm, I'm probably uh, not excusing that sometimes. <laughs> and that tells me. We worried about perceived dangers while we ignored real ones. Right? That's good idea. Eh? So let's go to our, our text this morning Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. The Bible tells us that be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So perhaps I can't prove it, but perhaps some of you read that and you go, that's nice, simplistic, naive, unsophisticated, but that's nice. Well, I want you to know it's not simplistic, though it is simple. And one of the things I love about God, he's not complicated. Most truth you will discover is simple truth. Not simplistic, simple truth. God doesn't complicate it. It's it's simple. But it is also needful. I say it's needful because some of us are stuck in verse 6. We live in the world of worry and anxiety, anxious thoughts, stress, and we never get out of it. We're stuck in there. So it's simple truth. It's needful truth, but I also believe it's a radical truth. If you can somehow get out of the first part of the verse 6 into the second part of verse 6, into verse 7, it could revolutionize your life. It could give you a whole new lease of life. So I want you to give you, today, I'm, I'm confining these two verses that we have. I want to un- unpack these verses. I want to um, drill down and I want to sort sort of dismantle and, and put them back together and look at each part in, and um, see how it fits and um, what i want to do is to give you fourfold approach to understanding anxiety and overcoming anxiety or worry so let's begin with a problem what's the problem that's the second word in the first verse anxiety or anxious so the problem is it's the word anxious. That's the problem. Anxiety is the problem. It's the problem all human beings at some point have to deal with. This word is translated into English, anxious, right? But the original word in Greek is the word mirim now, translated as worry, anxious, and care. Mirim now. It appears 19 times in 17 New Testament verses, and it is translated into three English words. That was that's what it is: primarily worry, anxious, and care. So worry, anxious, and care. Mirin now. So when Jesus said, Do not worry about your life, that's the word he chose. Mirin now. When Jesus speaks to Martha, who is so distracted and busy, when Jesus came over while Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Jesus said to Martha, "Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things." That's the word Jesus chose. And it's the same word Paul used on 1 Corinthians chapter 7 when he wrote to them. He said, "I want you to be without care." That's the word Miriam now. Concerned, worry, anxious, and care. But given that And I want you to know where that word came from. The word mirim now comes from two Greek words stuck together. And when I tell you what they are, you will get a full understanding of what worry in the Bible describes. Okay, so the first one, there's two words. First one is merizo, which means to tear or separate, to tear or to divide. And the second word is naos, which means the mind. So... You put this word together, miritso and naos, and you have mirim now, which means literally to divide the mind. It's an act of description of anxiety. And anxiety is when your mind is div- divided between legitimate thoughts and distractive thoughts. Anxiety takes your mind in two different directions. It tears your mind. No wonder James said, a double-minded man is unstable on all his ways. So Paul, don't just, you know, write this, do not be anxious, but rather he says, do not be anxious about anything, right? He didn't, ju- he didn't just say, do not be anxious, but he said, do, do not be anxious in everything or anything. So this is a challenge that can seem to be overwhelming, especially for those who do not tolerate anxiety or worry. For it will injure your soul. I remember when um, uh, I was in my high school years, I was at home. We, you know, we, we live in a uh, squatter's area. That's what we call it. Because we, we just squat there. We don't own the land. And all the people are just right to each other. You know, you, you can hear them talking. You can even, if there's toilets just right beside your house, you can hear them. You know what I mean. I, <laughs> 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 so we, we live in the squatter's area. Anyway, I um, one day... I was, I was sitting on the couch, at the, at the back of the couch, actually, not, not on the, the cushion, at the back of the couch. I was sitting there, and there's a fridge beside me. I don't know if I've told this story before, but there's a fridge beside me, and there's a um, just, I think I've, I've, I've something that's hit me very hard. And I was like, ooh, what was that? It's like right in my side here. It's like, that's very unusual, that's very painful. Uh, there's nothing be, beside me. But anyway, I, we had to look around what's that thing that hit me. So I found this. This It's a bullet. It's a bullet. Yeah. I was like very surprised. It's a bullet. But anyway, that night, it makes me worried that, uh-oh, I don't know if there's another bullet that will come. You know, if I'm sleeping or it's going to hit me or I know what's going to happen. So it's 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 very strange it's it's I'm I'm very blessed that that bullet didn't straight to me it went straight to the, the fridge and it hit me so it ricocheted you know so that that's why we, we saw a big um dent on the fridge but Anyway, uh, I was I was really worried that night every night it's, it gives me worry that if I sleep you know I don't want any bullets that will come flying around and just hit me straight you know or, or, or my family you know, so what I did is, you know, I, I prayed. I prayed every night. I, I give it to God. I said, Lord, you know, I ask for your forgiveness. If anything happens, then I know that I'll be with you <laughs> someday. You know, I, I, I just commit my life to you. You know, protect me, protect my family. Yeah. So un- until that, you know what? What will happen after that? You know, years and years, it's sort of like just just fade out. You know, I never thought about that again and again. Because so, I know that, that God is there to protect me. So, God alone can help you, and He will do it if you will pray about everything that happens and give thanks for everything. So, Paul advised us to turn our worries into prayers. Turn your worries into prayers. Say that person next to you turn your worries into prayers. According to one of the articles in New Zealand Herald, I was reading this um, yesterday, a few months ago, there are three issues that New Zealanders are most worried about. So 50% of the Kiwis surveyed in Research New Zealand's latest poll have ranked COVID-19 as the country's most pressing issue. You know what, next? Followed by the availability of affordable housing and economic stability. So COVID, not surprisingly, is our big worry. You know, 50% of our respondents identified that as the most important issue at this time. This is what um, uh, the research New Zealand managing director said, Emmanuel Kalafatilis. So he said that 75% said it was one of the most important issues currently, coming in at a close second was housing. So the availability of affordable housing was the number two most important issue of this time. And that was followed by economic stability. I guess that's connected to uh, the COVID-19 situation. And quickly after that came child poverty. We had in the vicinity of 90%, if not more of the sample identifying those issues as being important. Following those priorities were crime, The living wage, job security, and climate change. So these are the common worries that we face at this time. On one hand, I want to say I understand from, but from the perspective of a believer looking at the unbelieving world, you know, I get it. I understand why their anxiety is so high, and understand why they they panic and they're anxious because you know if you don't live in the anchor of faith you're going to drift in a sea of anxiety. Yeah? And most people in the world, they have anything to anchor. They have no real grand scheme or purpose in life. So if you just think that you're dangling in some inexplicable universe with no rhyme, no reason, no design, no plan, no God, so all we are are just an accident circumstance. We're here by chance. Well, that's, A very lonely place to be, isn't it? Yeah, so you're gonna feel very isolated, very lonely, and that's a scary place to be. And if you don't know why you're here or where you're going, that is scary as well. There's one website, and I found several of these, and I'm studying, and in in studying for this week's, you know, I found one website sort of articulates it quickly. This is a uh, psychiatric website. I'm just going to read it to you. And It says, our goal then shouldn't be to dismiss anxiety (coughs) entirely, but just to make it a healthy, manageable part of our lives. And I want you to hear what they just said to you. The very best the world can do for you is to just manage your anxiety. Now, are you good with that? (laughs) That's right. Because the Bible offers you a chance to eliminate it, right? You don't just to manage it. You have to eliminate it. So the problem is this anxiety and anxious, you know. So we, we have the, the, the prescription. If you, you suffer from worry and anxiety, the prescription is this. Verse 6. Not that one. Be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious well, we just we just stop right there in a moment, okay? If you don't pick up on that, that's a commandment, right? It's a command. It's put in a present active imperative. In other words, here's Paul writing his letter. He's He's writing in a Roman prison to a church in Philippi, and he writes this in a very strong manner. I command you to stop worrying. That's what Paul said, which sounds absurd. But if you're a worrier, it sounds unreasonable. It sounds naive. It sounds idealistic to tell a worrier, hey, stop worrying. Quit worrying because they're going to say that, what planet are you from? How unrealistic can you be? Now, to make matter a bit worse, if you're a worrier, in the Greek language, it says stop worrying about even one thing. Now, before you get mad at Paul by saying that, let me ask you a question. Did Jesus say something like that? Yeah? Oh, of course he did. In fact, he said almost exactly the same thing. But with Jesus, he said not to give anxiety to rule over you. Not to give anxiety to rule over us. Here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 27. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I say to you, Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor rip nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Don't misunderstand what Jesus is saying here. He's not, he's not saying, kick back, relax, and be lazy. Jesus said, go outside and open up your little beak and expect a worm to flop in. That's not what he said for the birds, right? Birds don't do that, by the way, because you know, they, they don't just stand there and, and um, open their mouth and worms come in. They, 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 they get busy looking for worms, right? And they got to be very busy in finding them. So he's not saying to be lazy, but when he said, don't worry, don't have anxious over concerns about life that, that divides your mind. And that's what he's saying. Example, you know, there's, you know, have you guys seen, a, a this bird? A robin? Yeah. Have you ever seen a bird that's, that worries? No? No, you haven't seen a bird that worries? Yeah. It's all because, because, um, Jesus said your heavenly father feeds them and it's not their father it's our father your heavenly father it's it's, we have a right relationship with Jesus and we don't need to worry because Jesus is going to to uh, you know God the Father is going to bless us and he's going to feed us and how much more these birds that survives uh, by, by their own and Jesus gives us three reasons why we should not worry okay three reasons why we should not worry because worry is unhealthy it's unbecoming and it's unproductive unhealthy is not that life more than food you know that worry and anxiety can harm your life physically it can harm you it can it can ruin you right for example, um, King Darius. King Darius signed a decree. So s- he was so stressed over what he signed that his sleep went from him. Neither did he sleep. Daniel chapter 6 verse 18. This is what it says. Then King went to his beautiful house and spent the night without food and sleep. And nothing was brought to make him feel better. Not just King Darius. King David. Psalm chapter 6 verse 6. This is what he said. I am weary with groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. So that's depression and anxiety. Moses, he was so stressed out about Israel. And and he said, I am not, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 14, I am not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. That's what Moses said. I have a found favor in your sight and not let me see my wretchedness. So Harvard Medical School says, those who are gripped by anxiety have a greater risk for developing a number of chronic medical conditions. Like you know, GI systems and respiratory system has been linked into heart disease. That's why I think Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25 says, tells us a, a truth many of us have lived Anxiety weighs down to the heart. The word weighs down in this verse means not just burden, but way down to the point of being forced to lay down on the ground, unable to move. Maybe you too have felt that paralyzing grief and fear and worry in your life. So it's, it's, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy to, to stress out, to, to worry or. To be anxious of a lot of things. The next one, not just unhealthy, but it's unbecoming. It's unbecoming for a child of God. It's unfitting for a child of God. For a child of God who is always anxious and worry, it's not, um, it's an af- effect saying, I don't trust you, God. So, so if you're unbecoming because you're saying that I don't trust you. You said some pretty cool things that makes me feel good for a little while. When I read them, then I go out and live my, my real life. So to be consumed with worry and anxiety betrays a lack of trust in God and caring for you. Look at, the, look, look at those birds in the air. They do not sow or rip or store away in barns. And yet, heavenly, your Heavenly Father feeds them. Right? Heavenly Father. Our, our God the Father feeds them. Because that's, that's His nature. That's who He is. Um. Look at those, those kids, the children. They're, they're the ones who don't worry sometimes. They don't worry what they can eat because their parents can, can feed them. You know, my, my kids, they, they eat a lot. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> they always come around and, and eat, you know. And, um, they, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Eh? I think, I think um, they, the kids just play, go to school, and then come home. Dinner is ready. Food is ready. And they don't worry at all. So that's what it is. So, so not just unhealthy, unbecoming, and the next one is unproductive. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? What good has worry ever done for you? Nothing, yeah? All of, my, all of that anxiety, now how is that working out? Is it productive? It's not productive. Worry is like a, a rocking chair. It makes a lot, a lot of movement, but you're not going anywhere. That's worry. So, and I tell you what, turn your worries into prayer. My, my question this morning is, do you want to worry less? Then, what do you do? That's right, pray more. Whenever you start to worry, stop and pray. Paul said, in every situation, pray in every situation, not just when things are so hard and overwhelming. It must be in every situation. That's putting our trust to God because if we do that, He will take control of everything. And my point is, if, we, if you worry a lot, you're the one who suffers the most and not the person or the situation that you are worried about. You're the one who suffers. So not just unhealthy and becoming unproductive. So we got the solution, right? The solution. There you go. Before I, I, um, we go to that, there's a, a study you know, cited by Joseph Galway, who studied on, on this and did a research. He said that 85% of the things we worry about never happens. And 15% that did happen Seventy-nine percent of the people found they could handle the difficulty better than they thought they could, and or the difficulty oh, and or taught them lesson worth learning. So he concluded ninety-seven percent of what you worry about is just a fearful mind punishing you with exaggerations and misconceptions. Yeah. So Paul says, "Be anxious for nothing." So we have that the problem. The prescription and now we have the solution. There it is. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is the solution, right? The word but is the contrast. You know, sometimes um, um you do all of these things, and then there's 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 the but, you know, in everything. Okay, so the cure for worry is to redirect your energy and replace your anxiety. The Bible gives us a name called casting. The first Peter chapter 5, verse 7, what it says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Casting, so if you worry, cast all your cares, cast all your worries on him, because I know that he cares for you. So, this is the same word, mirimnao, which is the, the Greek word. You know, don't carry your cares, cast your cares. How many of you here goes fishing? Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I haven't been, well, i only been once. Um, we were in Tanya, you know, we went fishing. But you know, when they, when they cast, you don't just cast just right in front of you, right? You cast like, has to be a long way and you release that, that um, uh, the string. So it goes far when you cast. Otherwise, if you don't release it, then it just stays in front of you. You won't get anything. Yeah. Um, so that's casting. When you're, and I remember when I was, um, my, you know, in the Philippines, we, we have a lot of of books to carry. It's like our bag is full of books. Like all of the books, it's like probably about four or five books in our bag. So we go home to like have this bag on you, and it's very heavy. When you going, what to do? You know. You cast it on the side when you come home. You don't just carry it all the time and have dinner with your family because you'll be like, ah, "This is too heavy." So you cast it. You get rid of it. You know that's what you need to do: get rid of those worry and cares and and anxiety in your life. So redirect your energy and replace your anxiety with what? With prayers. With supplications and with thanksgiving. You know, worship is. A prayer is like worship, right? Proskuneo, which is our devotion to God. So when you're worried, worship. When you're burdened, you bow down before the Lord. You worship Him. Because worship and worry cannot coexist. In the same heart, they are mutually exclusive. So I guess when you begin with worship, you're getting rid of those worry. And pray and give thanks before your worry. So turn your worries into prayer. Okay? So not just that supplications. There's uh, when you when you do this, you're you're you have a, a strong crying, you're 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 begging, or you know you're you're trying to give your supplication to God. There's a story about a, a three-year-old. Um, um, the mom said said to to him, uh, "I'm going to have my uh, devotion now. Um, if there's anyone phone today." Just just tell them I'm busy. No, I, I don't want to answer the, the phone. Anyway, there's the phone rang. And then the three-year-old answered the phone. And um, he said, Oh, my mom is busy at the moment. And he's, he's having emotions. That's so what he said. Oh, now he's, he's doing devotions. <laughs> no, he's not doing emotions. He's doing devotions. That's what he said. So anyway, with Thanksgiving... Don't forget to thank God, you know, when you do that. You know that remember that story about the 10 lepers li- in the Bible? And there's only one lepers that came back and thanked God and the rest of them didn't thank God at all. So when you, you present your request to God, you know, give thanks to the Lord as well. You know, let your request be made known to God, not demands. Ask, lay down your request and be specific to God. You know, when you say, God bless me today, what do you want God to bless you? You have to be specific, right? Bless me with with strength, or even with um, you know, with good friends and all of that. So you have to be specific. So now we are on um, the solution. <clears throat> this is the promise, verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Are you guys still there? Hope you guys um understand what I'm talking here. Um if you have any question later, just feel free to ask Jocelyn or, <laughs> 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 or someone is there. <laughs> uh. So the promise is the peace of God which surpasses all the understanding will guide your heart and mind. Amen? Amen? You know, when you surrender to God, it's like, no, you know, you've been worrying a lot. You know, that the funny thing is you you worry a lot you um have this anxiety and the very last thing you do is pray which is supposed to be the other way around right you have to pray first before you you worry because you know that if if you give it to the lord then then the worry will diminish i i know like for me i think i think when i pray to god and i say lord i'm i'm going to give this to you and i'm going to forget about it the trouble with us sometimes is when we pray and ask God about something, or give it, or give it to the Lord, after a few minutes we come back again. Uh, uh, Lord, please, you know, can you hear me? <laughs> you know that? So we have to just just give to the Lord and and surrender to Him. You know, raise your white flag, Lord. I surrender to you, and um, you know, my worries are are and your cares are yours. Don't worry and be happy. Oh, that's that's a song. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry and keep praying. Well, when we go back to um, the book of Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, this is a, a good example about um, these three things that we, we talk about before prayer supplication and with thanksgiving. Daniel 6, chapter 10, it says that when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And what did he do? He went to his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees, three times that day and he prayed he gave thanks before his god and that was his custom since nearly that day so there's the three things that can you find there you know the um, prayer, supplication and with thanksgiving that's what daniel did so don't focus on your worries amen i've got a another story here before i close one day, John Wesley was walking with a troubled man who expressed his doubt as to the goodness of God. He said, I do not know what I shall do with all this worry and trouble. At the same moment, Wesley saw a cow looking over a stone wall. Do you know, asked Wesley, what that cow is looking over the wall? No, said the man who was worried. Wesley said, the cow is looking over the wall because she cannot see through it. That is... What you must do with your world of trouble. Look over it and avoid it. Did you get that? (laughs) Look over it and avoid it. Just in closing, um, I want to read this uh, word for today. This was about the 17th of July. I, I, you know, God really spoke to me on this. And it says here that are you worried? Pray about it. If after praying, your emotions are still In turmoil, what do you do? You pray more. By cultivating the discipline of frequent prayer, you'll discover the ability to remain calm and quiet. So as you wait before the Lord, you'll find relief from fears great on your spirit. You might be tempted to think your prayer was ineffective, or you somehow failed because your anxiety returned. Perhaps as soon as you said amen, Just take persistent anxiety as a signal that you need more time with God. Reviewing all the details of your problem, telling him how much it plagues you, and sometimes even admitting that you're afraid he won't handle it soon enough. So having a deep, persistent concern for a problem isn't the same as worry. Worry is choosing to fret it instead of turning it completely over to God. So if you tend to worry a lot, what do you do? Pray a lot. Pray. Lord, this is your problem to fix. You take charge. Let me know what you want me to do. If I'm to be involved in the solution by leaving it with you, right? You leave it to God. I consider it solved. At that point, discipline your mind not to worry and not to continue seeking answers. Or trying to find a solution. You have solved the problem by giving it to God. And your major responsibility now is to wait for His leading. When He wants you to act, He will make it clear. As you wait before Him, He will direct your thoughts to the next step you should take. And if there's nothing He leads you to do, do nothing more. He will take it from there. That's a good one from um, um, the Word for Today. Do you guys remember that song... Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, it speaks to me about this song. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit or what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Let's let's bow down our heads and pray, Father. We thank you for this word. We commit to you this word, Lord, and we we know that um, we are weak and you are strong. That's why we we uh, commit things to you. If, if things happen, Lord, worry and doubts and fear and anxiety will come to us, Lord God. We know that we have an anchor to hold on. We, hope, we know that you are there to help us, Lord God. So I just pray, Lord, that right now, this time, Lord God, for some of us even have um, suffered this through or even, you know, we, we, we worry about a lot of things. But we just commit this to you. We cast our cares to you, Lord God. We, we give it to you, Lord God, and we know that you're there to, to help us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen Amen and amen. Thank you.